This is episode 43 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 43 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Mel and Dave Dupuis on the show and they are real estate investors out of North Bay, Ontario. They've acquired over 100 doors so far in their business. They're full-time real estate investors and they're getting crazy cash flow. One of the examples they shared on the podcast showed how they were gonna net over $20,000 per year in cash flow off of just their most recent deal. And they've got 100 doors in their portfolio already. This was an absolutely incredible podcast. It was very informative. I really enjoyed asking the questions and getting all the answers. It makes this job really fun. I know you're gonna enjoy it too. So without further ado, please enjoy episode 43 with Dave and Melanie Dupuis. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Dave and Melanie Dupuis on the show. Drove down from where? North, North Bay. Bay, Ontario. Yeah, all the way from North Bay. So, so long drive. You had some ice, some snow along the way. Well, ironically, this was the first uh, snowfall of of this uh, this season. So it was this morning for us. Yeah, yeah school canceled. School and everything, canceled. So. <laughs> so we were a little late here, but yeah, the roads weren't best. But yeah, we made it. Well, I'm glad to have you on the show because you said that you're over a hundred units now, or a hundred doors. Yes, over a hundred units, correct. Okay, and and when did you start investing in real estate? When we first met, I had a couple. I had two properties, and Dave had the one. And then we slowly, and that was what about seven years ago. Yeah. And then we slowly built from there. Um, we started buying slowly, and then and then one year we decided to go really aggressive, and that's when we encountered growth very quickly okay so what was the first year like it was a yeah we were we were at it probably about three years or so okay uh we were up to property number i forget five six five or seven six, somewhere yeah. around there mm-hmm. and the same old you know refinancing and that stopped working for us okay. um and then we just basically learned about leveraging and using other people's money and investors and that's as soon as we learned how to leverage um that's when we bought the 12 in 12 months yeah so that's kind of was the ticket, right? We exploded. So you bought 12 properties. 12 properties. Yeah. 12 properties. Yeah. Okay, for how many units? Because I'm going to start recording some numbers here. <laughs> <laughs> it totals about 54 units. Yeah. So 12 multifamily, always multifamily for us. Yeah. And about 54 doors. Yeah. So 12 multifamily in 12 months, uh, 54 doors. And that was in what year? 2018? 2017. 2017. Wow, that's quick. And whereabouts? In, was that in North Bay? They were all in North Bay, yes. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your local market, what it's like there, what kind of opportunities you see and, you know, why you like investing there? And, and obviously we're biased, you know, I'm born and raised there. However, um, I always say this, it's the perfect storm. Uh, so North Bay, basically the cap rates are somewhere between, you know, eight and 11% cap rates. Um, the, the, the purchase price are reasonable, you know, it's, it's roughly somewhere around 80 to hundred K a door, um, which is super reasonable for people. The other thing too, is it's a relatively high rent amount. Um, you know, some people will move from, from down South and they'll say the, you know, I thought I'd move up here and the rents would be lower. No, they're still, they're still fairly high rents and the vacancy, like our vacancy is pretty much zero. Um, and in the city, I think it's maybe two or three percent. So low, really? that's what I mean. A perfect storm, low mm-hmm. vacancy, uh, ability, the, the buy-in uh, number is not that high. Uh, the cash flow is there and yeah, it's kind of a perfect storm. That's why yep. we love it. Yep. And we just happen to live there too. So <laughs> just happens to be home. Yeah, exactly. So 2% vacancy is actually, that's surprising to me. I thought, I always thought of North as being 
sort of uh, a little bit more of a people tend to be a little bit more reserved about going north now for whatever reason i don't know i i just that's just my take from from being in southwestern ontario right and we did find that before but it seems lately i mean it's what from about three hours north of toronto so it's really not that far there's a lot of because we have a property management company um as well dp properties and uh, we get calls all the time from investors from um toronto or different areas yeah bc saskatchewan yeah we have the states people want to invest with us here too so people are coming from across really north america now um to north bay to invest yeah, it's almost like the secret's out, right? That that perfect storm <laughs> has gotten out. Yeah, the secret's out. That uh, well, and I'm hearing about it a little bit more. And I think in general, I've heard a, a couple more people that are in, you know going up to Sudbury. Yes, uh, which isn't too far from you. Or is- it's about an hour west, and uh, we're yeah. looking to expand in there too. Yeah, it's same thing. It, it, about triple the population, mm-hmm. but they're kind of on. Uh, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, they're start they're starting to slowly. The prices are starting to climb. What do you think is driving it? Like, if you look at the economics, like we we've talked so much on this show about Welland and Niagara Falls and in that area, Toronto, you know, go to Oshawa, Ottawa, but never really, you know, up north. And I, you know, there's a great opportunity to uh, to dig in. Um, I'm big on economic diversity and knowing why people come to the place I invest and why they're going to stay. Can you put it into your own words? You know how you feel about about North Bay? Yeah, a lot of government uh, jobs. Um, it's kind of like the, well, between there and Sudbury is kind of like the Northeast uh, headquarters type thing for different agencies. Uh, there's two beautiful lakes, Lake Nipissing and Lake, or sorry, Trout Lake. So that attracts a lot of outdoors people. They want to stay. Uh, we're not outdoorsy at all. No, but, but there is. <laughs> but there's lots there's of, a college, uh, <laughs> college, university. Um, so there's yeah. quite a bit of, of there, people from out of town that are coming into the city. What are the schools there in North Bay? Uh, Canada College and Nipissing University. Okay. And there's, there's um, I never know how to say this, there's secondary uh, not markets, but um, different agencies and different uh, businesses that support the mining sector. Uh, like, and some of them are you know worldwide and that type of thing. So there's a, there's a quite a bit of mining. The airport's starting to take off too. There's a lot of because uh, there's a the big runway. I think it's ten thousand you know long, ten thousand feet long. Sorry, uh, that was there for the air base. So okay. you know NORAD's there, right? So there's there's an air um, there's a military presence for both Canada and and, and the states there. So you know different stuff. And I think it's the lifestyle people like there. You know, it's big enough where there's stuff to do, but it's not, and no offense, but some people don't like living down south. So it's it's kind of that, it's a different lifestyle. There's no traffic jam. It's, you know, <laughs> five minutes to go to work yeah. and, you know, five I'm minutes not, to go I, to the gym. But and now when it takes me 15 minutes to yeah. get across town, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's terrible. I always joke that I commute from my kitchen to uh, to my front foyer. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my uh, my desk is there. I've done many, many years of driving a lot to uh to london and back from from burlington it's uh you know three hour driving in a day and while that doesn't sound like that much it's just it adds up and eventually it uh it's uh it's pretty rough so i i love not driving so i get what you're saying because anytime you're driving around here you're you know drives they can multiply by double the time just because of traffic just because of all that and we definitely don't have the infrastructure down here to handle it i wouldn't mind going up to uh to north bay for like maybe july and august oh, yeah. and uh in september jerry picked the months you want to come up yeah <laughs> yeah it's the uh, i already have a hard enough time with our winter here right <laughs> it was funny because we were driving and we came from snow and ice you know and uh i said i wonder if the landlord's here because we were, were literally with our director of operations and construction manager we're talking we were finalizing our snow removal contracts and we're debating whether to outsource or do it ourselves 
and we were on the QEW. And we're like, hmm, I wonder if the landlords here are having the same discussions. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, they're not, right? But <laughs> not quite. Yeah, that, that'll come. Especially not November first. Right, right, not November first, right? Although, like our weather's turning too. Um, but by the time this comes out, we'll be well into to snow and and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, it just it just seems like somebody turns a switch and all of a sudden you're into into weather that's not so great. So, um, what I always like to do. And we will get into some numbers and I'm sure they're going to be bonkers because you're talking cap rates 9% and above, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which are, wow, I wish I could get those down here. Uh, But yeah, so we'll get into that in a second. But what's, what is it that's driving you? Like, you know, what pushed you guys to want to want to do this more? Yeah. And I guess there's probably kind of two stories or two different things that we could explain. The first one with real estate was, um, was of course uh, getting that financial freedom, um, being able to, I wanted to, to end up at someday was my goal someday, um, leave my, my full-time job and do this full-time. And, um, as soon as I realized the power behind real estate, um, then I, I set some goals and we were able to do that. Um, and it, it essentially was in order for us to be able to spend more time with the kids. So I have three kids. Um, you know, it's so nice. We're able to see our little guy get on and off the school bus, you know, in the morning to work nine to five. There's no way I could see that. I would miss out every day on that. So just to have that financial freedom, be there for the kids whenever they want me or need me or appointments and not have to report to anyone. Um, we have an office and, we bring our dogs every day to work with us. We don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's just it's just a different, very flexible lifestyle that we've created for ourselves. Yeah. What is the full-time activity then for you on a, on a day-to-day basis? It's funny because we always say that we, before we had jobs, we work, you know, a lot, but we had our weekends off. Now we work all the time. Like we're 24-7. However, we don't necessarily work because we love it, right? So I don't know if that kind of a, a, a contradicts itself, but... Work feels like play. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We love it. And I mean, if we want a day off, we absolutely can because the rental is still making the money. We love it. We want to expand. Um, So before we were more hands-on. Now we've grown to where we're not, you know, we have a property management company. We have a construction team that can do all the rentals. Um, Dave and I, we focus on it. We kind of divide and conquer. Dave does a lot of the number crunching and finding cash flowing properties. And we're looking across North America. So it's, you know, it's not just necessarily set in our, in our city. Um, we do speaking gigs. We do mentoring. Um, I spend a lot of time with the marketing piece of it. So, so now we get to really do what we love and it's to help others create that financial freedom for themselves. So let's just take a quick step back and, and, you know, I've got a book here that I will talk about in a second too, uh, from you guys, but, uh, getting into the, what you're doing with the specific properties. You mentioned construction. So there's, you're not just buying a turnkey property. You mentioned leverage before, and and we really do need to dissect this as to how you approach real estate investing deal to deal basis. What are you looking for? What do you set out to find? What makes the cut? What doesn't? We turn away so many deals, um, obviously turn away more than, than we, than we purchase, but our whole strategy, you know, whatever you want to call it, the burr, the flip to self, you know, take an underperforming building, um, giving it that TLC, giving it that uh, that forced appreciation, uh, you know, upping the value. I like calling it a lift, giving it the lift. But yeah, basically doing that is our bread and butter. Uh, to buy a turnkey for us, it doesn't fit in our, our, our parameters. And when I say that is because we so... We so we leverage so heavily. You know, we never use our own money for deals. Um, and when I say never, a couple thousand dollars here and there. But the down payments, 
uh, never us, always investors, always, you know, private money, always different. And then the bank as well, the, the bank I consider, you know, uh, other people's money, OPM. So because we have that strategy, if we were to buy that turnkey, you know, if I buy the turnkey and Andrew, you lent me X amount of dollars, if I can't get that lift, how am I going to pay you back, right? I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how I do it. Yeah. I consider it, I, I kind of consider it a fail if I can't, if I can't get my money back out. Exactly. I, I found down here though, we've had like, even if I can't get it out on the first attempt, we, our market's been going up so much that I get most of it out on the first attempt. And then I go back again to the bank and get the rest of it out in a year or two. But you might not always be able to do that. And I hate relying on that. So I kind of feel like, okay, I got lucky this time. You yeah. know, I want, I need to ba- make sure my deals uh, work today, right? I can get all the money out today. Um, so I could tell, I could say from experience that would, that would limit a lot of the deals knowing that you want to get the, the quote unquote perfect burr. I refer to that a lot, the, yeah. uh, or the perfect flip to yourself, if that's what you call it. Um, you know, how are you able to find that? So considering perfect being all of your money for down payment and renovations is back out. Correct. So you're able to find that. Yeah, we have. And I mean, a huge part of it is that we are very, very aggressive with our mar- marketing. Um, people are in, in the city know who we are. We, you know, we've done radio ads, we've done magazine ads, full page covers. We've billboards. been billboards with our face on it. So big, get you know, Melanie and, very aggressive, <laughs> and right? they're very aggressive. Yeah. But then it the return on investment is huge because whenever somebody has a property to sell, most of the time they're going to contact us before they go to an agent. So we get to yeah. crunch the numbers, see if they fit for us. And again, we look at hundreds of deals um, out of those ones. We'll, we'll pick some, but um, yeah. it's really opening up so many more doors for us and, and people who may not necessarily be thinking about selling or still contacting us. And if we can make the numbers work, they're like, okay, well, I was planning on selling in you know four or five years from now, but I heard about you guys. And if we can make a deal, then it's, yeah. And again, we're all about win-win uh, yeah. partnerships. So we ensure that it's a win-win for the seller and for us as well. Okay. So, so say, let's just hypothetically walk through, well, first off, what does the sign say? The billboard. <laughs> oh, tons. Well, yeah, we've had a lot. Yeah. So we've had... Uh, property management. Property management. We want to buy your property. Tired of being a landlord. <laughs> yeah. Call us, right? So just, just stuff to create a buzz. So now people... What's funny is now people, even when they go to sell their place with a realtor, they'll put a clause in, uh, excluding us from that from from the the realtor or from you know from their fee. Exactly. So if you guys, if you guys decide if to change, buy, if we change our mind, we decide to buy it. Like we sometimes they'll call me, Katie. Have I excluded you from the realtor? You know, fee. So if you change your mind on this deal, and I'm like, oh, okay, thank you, <laughs> thank you. But <laughs> so it's a good problem to have, right? Thank you, but your price wasn't low no. enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so you come in with a goal. Like, is there a minimum number of units that you would accept? And we honestly, Andrew, we get that qu- great question. We get that question all the time. We're at the point now, and before you know, cash flow was cash flow. We were just happy, and we wanted a certain amount. It, now it's all about what's your time worth. So. Like I looked at, uh, just last year, I looked at a unit, uh, is it 18 or 22 units? Mm-hmm. 11, yeah, 22. Uh, and it made about $500 a month. And now I had to deal with 22 doors, right? Like there's lots of different issues and it, was in, it wasn't in the best area. And I'm like, okay, I can have 22 units and have $500 cash flow. Or I can buy a duplex like in our market that gives me $1,000 a month cash flow. And I deal with two doors. So what's, you know... Eh, that's why our goal now is in a certain like we want a thousand doors in the next five years, so we've got to buy another nine hundred doors. But um, that being said, I'm not just going to get doors, you know, because what my what's my time worth, right? To to deal with more doors and less cash flow. So we're essentially very open minded. Yeah. I mean, we ha- we buy duplexes, we buy sixplexes, we 
we have 17 plaques. So it just depends with the cash flow. So we don't necessarily need a minimum. Um, we won't turn away an awesome deal. We There's a triplex we recently purchased and it was a, completely underperforming. Um, it was a good job, but the, the return on that one is, is, is amazing cash flow per month and um, just the, the, again, the burst strategy, right? Once we flip it to ourselves and pay out the private lender, we'll still end up with a pretty huge check, so. Okay, yeah. so it's so not joint ventures, these are private lending. Yeah. All the properties that we own, we own them 100% ourselves. I know we talk about JVs all the time, Let's, you know, let's just emphasize how great that is. You're not splitting it. I mean, of course, you're splitting it between each other. <laughs> They're all a family. Yeah. Um, but but you're one common team, right? You're a common team with a common goal. You it's go home together, right? Yeah, the same exactly. bank <laughs> <laughs> That's your, your life JV partner. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah uh, exactly. And we're not, we're not opposed to JVs. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you've got so many deals at the bank or you've got so many things going on that you're... You know, you're, you're you're tied up. So you guys must be well into your like most things are commercial financing, even if it's a duplex, triplex. Uh, sometimes no, though. Well, because our portfolio, they still kind of it is still yes. So you're right, Andrew. It is commercial financing um, at the bank. However, they're still giving us you know the well the eighty percent as opposed to the seventy five loan to value. But yeah, we're yeah, still I've in the heard that that's happening. Yeah, I've started to and hear that that's happening. And they kind of look at their global portfolio, right? Yeah. So that's why from day one, the cash flow analysis is to really ensure you're doing it correctly. Because yeah. when they're going to be, once you get to a certain number, things get more difficult and they're going to look at yeah. you as your global portfolio and analyze it. So Yeah, yeah, they're going to, they're gonna, of course, um, tack them in. Now, I've never done it this way, so this would be a cool conversation to have. And I, I hate jumping all over the place, but it kind of is the nature of how I do things. So uh, so can you just break it down for our listeners and viewers? Because this is kind of foreign to a lot of people. I talk, you know, it's something coming from the mortgage world I became aware of. And I'm like, wow, that's revolutionary that you can take three duplexes, which are all residential. They would not fit under commercial lending. And you could package them together and put a commercial mortgage across them. And now all of a sudden it falls under commercial lending where there is no max. And here in Canada, obviously, our, our challenge with, with residential properties is you get to like 10 and pretty well every bank is saying no. But if you're on the commercial side, they're like, give me more, give me more. More units is better, easier. Exactly. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of like you take off the training wheels and you move over to, uh, to commercial multifamily lending. Uh, they, they call multifamily lending commercial or under commercial lending practice, but, uh, yeah, obviously it's different. So can you tell us how that's worked for you? Or did you, do you have a blanket of over several properties or do you have any residential properties that are in commercial lending right now? Yes. Yeah. Like the, um, we have, we don't have any blankets per se, you know, over different mortgages. Um, what was I going to say? They basically just we're, we're on the commercial side now because of the the um, the amount of buildings, the amount of units, and the amount of uh, I wouldn't say, I shouldn't say exposure, but the the you know what I mean the the amount the loan the the, the debt we have. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. the residential side side is saying no, you need to work with commercial now. Yes. So when you work into when you go into commercial, they take a look at your overall portfolio, and then so if you want to add a duplex to that, they say sure we can add a mortgage to that, and then it's going to factor in with the overall performance of everything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But okay. but they'll still give us update. You know, if it's four or less, they'll still give us the eighty percent loan value. Um, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like residential and commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so we're on the commercial side yeah. for every single deal we do because of the size of the portfolio. Yeah. However, they still respect the four and under and anything five or over. So they very much work with us, which is 
Okay. That's and that's right. not every yeah. bank. That that's yeah, credit well, unions, different things like that. What banks have you found will will go to that 80% for you? Is the credit unions. The, the credit banks. Unions. Yeah. The banks now like we were, I don't want to throw any bank under the bus and it's not about that. It's just they the after we had 10, they kind of just Sorry, you know, they, they kind of dried up on typical, us. Typical, oh. right? The 10, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm familiar with this too. Yes, the credit unions are a little bit unique. It's not the the true kind of commercial lending that, that I was describing before, but it's kind of like a little bit of a hybrid. They, they, they kind of practice some common sense residential lending, yes. but they also will look at it uh, from a commercial standpoint in terms of we're looking more at the asset and yes. what it generates than, than you yourself. And the global portfolio. Yeah, so it, yeah, what I like is it's a little bit more personalized. Like they'll look at, yeah, again, they'll look at the asset, like you said, Andrew, they'll look at us, they'll look at what the global portfolio can support. Um, like the gut jobs we buy, there's zero income. So on day one, it looks, it's just a negative, right? So are they financing that when it's a negative? Yeah. Also something that's difficult to get a bank to do, right? But again, exactly. and that's yeah. where the global portfolio. portfolio. So if we wouldn't have really highly cash flowing properties, there's no way they'd be saying oh. yes mm-hmm. to the ones that are have zero money coming in. So the debt coverage ratio overall still supports, you know, the 1.2 that they're looking for or higher. 1.2. Okay. Yeah. So that's, you know, as long yeah. as we can meet that on the global, then they're happy and they let us do what we want. <laughs> yeah. So just to clarify some of this for, for people who aren't familiar with it. So with commercial lending, it's all about the asset. It's all about the property and they're looking for your um, operating income to be at least 1.2 times whatever your mortgage payment is. And some of them 1.25, some of them less than that, but there's kind of a spread. They're all, On average, yeah. yeah, they're all in that, that 1.2 range. And um, generally the idea is there's no cap as long as you continue to do that. Yep. So that's been your experience? Pretty much, yeah. Our discussion letters are, you know, from the banks are as long as you maintain a 1.2 overall. Um, they're happy. We'll continue saying yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then, then that puts the onus on you, the person managing those properties or managing the assets, even if you're not the property manager, uh, to make sure they continue to perform. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And they do that annual review. What happens if you don't pass that annual review? I don't want to find uh, out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to say it. We're ensuring to do our due diligence. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, obviously you guys don't know, don't know, and that's a great thing. You have, haven't had to go there, and yeah, and I think I asked one time, and I think they said, uh, I said, what happens if if that goes below? I said, I don't intend on it, they, but I think it was obviously they're not just going to say call the mortgages back, and there's going to be you know why, and there's always some gray area, right? Yeah, they just want to get involved and, and understand what's going on. Probably yeah. Uh, yeah. makes sense. Why don't we jump into one of the deals you've done recently? You said there was a triplex. Is that where? Yeah. Do you have another one you'd like to well, share? One we just closed two weeks ago. Um, this one's very exciting, actually. Well, our office is in it. By all means, no, I, whatever you want to share. Uh, yeah, no, this because this one's exciting. The, the The triplex is still a gut job. Um, we're still working on it. It, it uh, so it hasn't come to fruition yet. This one either, because obviously we just bought it two weeks ago. But basically, it's a five-plex. They're side-by-side, so we had to buy both. Um, Five-plex. So it's, and again, everyone always gets, it's residential commercial, right? Because it's, it's five so units or over. Yeah. Oh, oh, so it's not mixed use. Oh, you said it's commercial as well, right? Yes. But I mean, it's residential commercial. Because you know when they look at five and over, then it becomes commercial still res, lending. but yeah. commercial. Yeah, that's a commercial multi-residential. Yeah. So it's not that it has retail space, but once this is what we're talking about. I know about there's before. so many different. So, yeah, they need yeah. a new term. <laughs> yeah, for some reason they put multi-residential under commercial, which it's a little confusing. But yeah, multi-residential. Okay. So yeah, so that one's a fiveplex. Uh, we picked it up for two fifty. That one has an okay cash flow, um, and this was owner finance. So this was one hundred percent the the seller held the first mortgage. Okay. Um, and again, because it's private, you know, usually the bank would have only given me seventy five loan to value because it's it's commercial. 
but he held 80, right? Because when it's private, you can do, you know, you can be creative. Uh, and then we had a investor with her RSPs hold the other 20. So literally we got into that building for zero. Okay. And same with the office building. The office building is a triplex. So the main floor is our office. So it's actual commercial, commercial. <laughs> and then upstairs is two residential units uh, for another 250. And again, the seller held uh, 80% loan to value and the RSP lady held 20%. Um, so I, with our spreadsheets and our analysis, once we get the rents to where they should be market value, um, we'll be able to repay them back with the refinance. And uh, I think we'll be left with somewhere between 120 and 150 um, from the refinance. Like you'll pull out 150. Now that's a game that you're going to you're gonna win if you keep doing yeah. that. You just keep pulling out more and more. So, so you're 100% financed effectively on the way in. So yes. you're able to pull together. Somebody has some RSPs or for our American friends, that's roughly equivalent to your 401k. Um, here in Canada, we can self-direct those into a mortgage. So you found somebody, they self-directed it to give you a mortgage. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. uh, so that lets you guys do your thing. Are you raising the renovation funds or do you have money that you've pulled out elsewhere that, that you can use for that? That's going to be in our general kind of day-to-day cash flow because, and, and this building in particular uh, is different from that triplex because that's a gut job. So we had to, we had to um, take that uh, into consideration. Yeah. yeah. Where this one, it's kind of just TLC. So as tenants move out, you know, countertops, a little bit of flooring, paint, like nothing earth shattering, no gut jobs, just that, that kind of TLC. So it's nothing, a uh, couple thousand bucks per unit, you know? So, okay. and it's as people move out. So it's not one huge reno. Right. So it's, it's, and, it's, you, it's, and you think you can get that much of a lift, even though you're just doing little lipstick renos? It's because the rents are so underperforming. So you're just going to try and turn them over, get them out. And I'm, and I'm being super conservative with the rents and with the cap rates. Cause like I told you, our cap rates are anywhere, you know, when the appraisers look at it, I think they give us eight, seven, eight percent. So I even, un- I under wrote the deal at 7% um, just to be, you know, extra cautious. So as long as I can get all the rents up in a year and I know that might not happen, but as long, uh, as long as I get three out of the five, then that's, we'll be able to get that big lift. So then you'll go back in a year and you'll, you'll do yeah. that. But even if we, even if we end up a little bit lower, so let's say I don't get the 150, I get a hundred. I'm still happy, right? We yeah, paid back everyone, plus we made a hundred. Well, a couple you're borrowing years. money. You know, you're, it's not even yours. Uh, it's a built-in cushion, right? If I, even if I end up with 50k after, I'm still happy. And will it, it still cash flow? Yes, it still cash yeah. flows. And that's part of the the yeah. um, cash flow analysis that we do. So we always kind of look at two portion when we purchase property. We look at what the cash flow is now. We look at what is going to cash flow with what we know, because we know, of course, the market very well. Um, and that's how we do an, our analysis. And paying by, yeah, because if it I wouldn't buy it if it didn't cash flow after the refi. And that's yeah. the thing. We often have people coming to us now saying, hey, I want to invest 50 or 200 or 500K with you guys. And at times it's a, sorry, I can't take your money now because right now I don't have that building where I, I know 100% that I can yeah. exit out and pay yeah. you back. And that's our strategy. Like out of the 12 that we purchased, the 12 properties we purchased in less than 12 months, that was in 2017. So that's only two years ago. Yeah. They were all five-year term. Mm-hmm. By the end of the year, we're going to have already repaid 11 and likely 12 uh, for the end of the year. So that's three years early that we'll repay. So like, oh, so you had longer terms to borrow and then you're repaying. Five-year term, yeah. term yeah. for all of them, yeah, for the, for the second mortgage or private loan. or Private loans, yeah. So you're just people, you know, it's, it's going so well that you're able to pay them back well, soon. And think about how happy they're going to be, right? Three yeah. years early. And that creates two things. So number one, our monthly cash flow increases. So let's say lender one, I was paying him 150 bucks. Lender two, I was paying him 600. Lender three, yeah. 300. So my monthly cash flow inc- increased significantly. 
And then I have all these lenders saying, you paid me back three years early. I wasn't expecting that. I made money. I trust you. Um, here's the, you know, 100 or 200K. Let's do it again. Exactly. exactly. So once you have that, you're able to, to continue with that. It's funny you mentioned that because I've, I've had the exact same issue. I, uh, I had a friend of mine who's... Uh, you know, he's very interested. He's invested with me before he, you know, calls me up. He's like, well, I'm selling a house. I might have like 500 K to put to work. I'm like, well, that sounds awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and, and let me buy you dinner. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that is part of my business uh, taking, taking that money and putting it to work. It's just, you know, you have to have the deal that makes sense. Right. Like, Absolutely. I mean, it, I don't take that lightly and I don't I think you guys do either. The no. deal needs to make sense. And, um, sounds like you're in a great market to find deals that make sense. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes you just got to look harder, right? I think where we are down here in Hamilton, Burlington, you just got to look a bit harder because agreed because right. the cap rates aren't nine eight percent. They're uh, you know four <laughs> three <Right. laughs> depends. And, and you got it's a different play, right? It's the appreciation play as opposed to the cash play. And people like people make like people make a lot of money with that, and good for them. I, it's just I, it's out of my comfort zone. I like to. We were talking about this on the way up. I like to control um, most aspects of the deal, right? And 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 hoping on that market appreciation. I just that's something that no one can control. And it's it, true, they yeah. Can't. And sorry, Andrew. I just yeah. one of the things that we like. One of our pillars was talking to people because obviously we're not the first people to do this, right? It's not mm-hmm. you know, and, and around our area and different places. I think we talked to two or three. They had gone bankrupt from doing this, and. We wanted to learn, okay, if everything was going so great, what happened, right? Like what? Yeah. So that was their biggest fear to kind of What's rewind a bit was like, okay, I don't want to borrow somebody's money and not be able to right. pay back. And I was very, very fearful and skeptical yeah. <laughs> of it at first because that's something I'd want to make sure that I knew 100% confidently how to do it. Um, so, yeah, so that's why we, we met with some, um, sorry, I kind of cut you off no, there, no, but, no, we, no. but we met with some private, with so those who were not successful and essentially, it all came down to their exit strategy. Yeah. Um, they didn't have it figured out properly. Yeah. So that's, you know, we took all that information and we created some some strategies and around how to do it for ourselves. They were banking on things they couldn't control. Like they, they were hoping that the market would continue to increase. Yeah. They were hoping rates wouldn't go up. Mm-hmm. Like all stuff that, you know, Mel, Dave, Ryan, and Mel Dave and Andrew can't control, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, and that's why I've always been um, adamant that everything has to cash flow. And uh, if something doesn't cash flow, that's a mistake. Um, you know, I, I would never accept a negative cash flow deal. People ask me all the time, they'll like fight me for it. They'll be like, oh, come on, Andrew. Like, what do you think? I want to invest in Toronto. I see this building. I think it can make a lot, a lot. I'm like, well, you always have to be thinking worst case scenario as a, you know, as a plan. And you hope for the best, but you, you also you have to plan for the worst, too. And if you're sitting with a property, say the market does what it did in the early 90s in like Toronto and went down and it took uh, it took almost 20 years to fully recover. And people don't really think about that. But if you buy at the, the absolute peak and you don't know you're in the peak until after you go to the trough, um, if you buy at the peak and it does have to correct, you could be sitting in that property for 10 15 years just to recoup and if you're in cash negative on top of that and the and the bottom falls out of the real estate market real estate uh, rental prices are probably going to go down so your cash negative is going to go even more negative and i'm not trying to be all doomsday here but it is a possibility absolutely and and most people are just it's like you're you're at the casino and you're, you're you keep winning so you keep saying oh i can't lose i can't lose it doesn't mean you can't lose uh so so it's better to invest with fundamentals and that's what you're talking about yes. exactly cash flow is about investing with fundamentals it doesn't matter how much money you make 
or any of that, if you don't have cash flow, eventually there's going to come that day where that property maybe is a cash call and it's a burden to you. And then all of a sudden you have a negative mental state when when we talk about real estate investing. And that's the worst. You don't want to have that. You want to be able to say, hey, that real estate pays me. It's made me wealthy. And agreed. Right. Yes. You know, granted, my wife has uh, a condo she bought in, in Toronto and she bought around 510000 in 2015. And all well, this good time to buy because now that's worth like a million dollars. And that's awesome. With no renovations, nothing, just, you know, just there you go. And that yeah. just went up in value. So, um, you know, you can definitely benefit. Hey, good for her. Uh, is she Absolutely. here? I need to talk to her. She's pretty uh, keen. Uh, she actually just did. Uh, so she leveraged that condo to uh, to do a joint venture with her mom. They, they bought a seven unit building here in Burlington and they've, uh, they're in the process of refinancing that now. It looks like they've done a, uh, they've created over a million dollars in equity in the building. So the numbers here are, are pretty ridiculous. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna have her on the show. We're, we're f- figuring out when she's gonna come on and, and tell the story. Uh, but yeah, she's definitely done some good deals. Why don't we get into some of the, uh, the details of, of that deal. So what do you figure your cash flow would be? Say, like, I know you're gonna own or occupy the one unit, but just say hypothetically you rented it out. What do you figure your cash flow? Well, actually, even with you owner occupying, you're gonna cash flow, right? Correct. So you're yes. basically living there for free or using it for free. Yeah. So what's your cash flow gonna be? Uh, as of right now, as today, we're making about, it's not sexy, it's about two grand a year between both buildings. Um, after I get my lift and refinance it, we're gonna make about 20,000 or 24,000 between the both of them. 24,000 in cash flow. So we're going to use that number. So even with you having your own uh, your own space, which is basically complimentary since you've got the cash flow here. It's fairly spacious. Yeah, it's a, we're going to grow into it. It's yeah. just too much space yeah, right now. Space, but, but This sounds good. You're almost making me want to move up there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the cool part is though, Andrew? It is again, after we refinance, after we get the lift, and this is what we tell our mentors, uh, our, our mentors, sorry, is... Um, like, look at this deal. So initially, not too sexy, $2,000 a year for two buildings. But after, after we've paid back the investors, um, basically gotten a zero down deal, right? And then we get a first mortgage from the bank, a new first mortgage. We're going to have assets that we put zero down that are worth, you know, one's going to be 500, one's going to be about 325. So $825,000 worth of assets. That's what it will be worth? The two of them together. together okay. Yeah. What did you buy for? 500. So you bought for five hundred all in, um, and then your renovations are just going to be nominal, so, a couple thousand a yeah, unit, a and you're going to cash flow the whole time. So it'll almost come out of cash flow. So maybe we'll just say five thousand dollars for transactions and this and that until you can refi- refinance exactly. it all. Yeah, actually, legals are pretty expensive with commercial. We'll we'll say ten thousand. We cover all that stuff. Um, okay, so so you're in. Say you're in for about five ten at the end of your work when you're turning over the units that you want to turn over. Over the, you figure it'll take you a year. Yeah. Okay. So your your purchase and, and improvement is five ten. Then your uh, you're figuring your valuation is eight twenty five. Eight twenty five. So they're gonna give you what seventy five percent. That one correct. And just to clear, those are two buildings that we bought side by side. I mean, I'm saying it as one because I had to buy it all together. Did you buy them in different legal names? Yes. Otherwise, but, they'd amalgamate, right? But the credit union that you're working with doesn't mind that they'll still, even though they're in different names, they'll still work with it. Correct. Okay. Is is the company that you put the second property in more of just like, how do I put this? Like, it's just there for namesake. Like you still operate out of, out of one of the two companies. Well, we're at about four corps now because we just asset protection and setting things up. Whenever one asset corp, whenever one hold goal gets too much or we 
create another one. But when you go into your credit union, they look at all the corpse and, and they amalgamate it exactly. together as if yes. it's okay. It's all David Mel in the end, right? Like this again, the global. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what corporations are. <laughs> Inter- interesting. Yeah, I have a few corporations myself, and I I, I don't like having many of them. Like, I prefer less because it's right. less complication. It is. And from a bookkeeping standpoint, it doesn't help things. So. No. no. Yeah. But from protection. Protection mm-hmm. and just yeah, very, yeah taxes and and our finan- yeah, our financial controller takes care of it all. So otherwise, we'd be bogged down. Right. <laughs> okay. So loan to value seventy five percent. That gives you six hundred and eighteen thousand and fifty dollars, um, on this this deal so you're you're taking out money as you've said so if if all goes as planned you're going to have a net cash out of uh the 618 minus the uh 510 does that sound familiar yep so what am i at 118 there 110 uh yeah around 110 so 108 750 and uh, so, so we can't do a return on investment because you have no investment in this case you have cash it's infinite yeah, yeah it's, it's infinite. infinite that's what i, I love infinite it's it's less impactful when I make a YouTube teaser or uh, an Instagram <laughs> teaser like infinite return. What does that even mean? They, they'd prefer I say like fifty or sixty percent, but yeah. it's so much better than that. It's it, it's almost hard to believe, right? So we went in for with Plus zero cash, down. Yeah. It cash flows. We're making money. The assets we have worth a nice more. Big office. How could we not? And, and that's on only it? our refinance. There's still equity in the building, so the banks love it because I, there's still twenty five percent sitting there. So you've it, created it. Just, it just helps our ratios. It's just. This is why the yeah the Burr model the uh, the flip to yourself model is is so incredibly important. It's a, such an important tool in a realtor real estate investor's portfolio. Um, okay, so mortgage pay down. Uh, let's just do a calculation. Uh, well, for the record, are you on a twenty five year amortization on that? Uh, yes. So you'll be twenty four. So it's going to be a little bit more aggressive. We'll say it's a four percent per year pay down. I always just ballpark this. Yeah, sounds right. Um, okay, so on a six eighteen, we'll we'll multiply four uh, percent. Uh, so that's about twenty four thousand seven fifty a pay down in in the first year. Awesome. And again, that might not be exact. And then appreciation is the one that's going to be a little bit different because your market's obviously different from ours. I usually do three just to be conservative. But what would you say is a conservative? Like after I get that lift, it's pretty much just going to one to two percent a little bit. Like it's. It's more inflation, right? So if, if inflation's 2%, then you're going to kind of see that over the long run unless you go in and actively push. But what I could say is if you're seeing rents pushing up beyond inflation, which in you know this area they certainly are, then you're going to start to see the value creep up naturally, right? Because with commercial multi-res, if you increase income, you increase value. That's the thing. Right, yeah. The income, yeah. They appraise it on income approach, right? I love this deal. because And the other thing too, Andrew, is one corporation that occupies the, the, the office mm-hmm. is the property management corporation paying our other corporation yeah. you know what i mean like it's so we're really not paying any rent you re- oh so you are going to pay rent your your corporation yes. is going to pay rent. Yeah, okay for i got gotcha. you know, one for it so you have to right yeah. exactly so we're yes yeah, so we're paying rent so we're literally rent free because we're paying you know peter to pay paul type thing or the same pot yeah and uh yeah the, the we paid zero down to get it the assets worth more we cash flow every month to me it's a no-brainer it's an all day every day right and that's what we're trying to teach our mentorees is um like look at this model you know why who wouldn't do this? So, and this one's different because we do have our office. However, I just wanted to show you know kind of how yeah. uh, how we structure our deals. So, so to clarify, when that when we talk about that twenty four thousand dollars in cash flow, that does have a rent figure built in for you at fair market rent. Correct. Yes. Which yeah, a bit lower, a bit lower actually. Okay. I'm so, giving myself so we're a break. Very much like you were conservative, right? You always want to. Fair enough. Worst yeah, case right. scenario. Yeah. So this this building, I mean, in addition to immediately creating. Well, you're eight twenty-five to six eighteen on the mortgage. You're you're over over two hundred grand in equity created, and over the you know, and and how many 
work hours are going into that. <laughs> well, you know what? And and because we have employees and we have people helping us and working with or for us, mm-hmm. uh, yes, we're paying salary and all that. But it's just it, it's and I, I hate saying that we're leveraging their time, but it's because it's not us doing it. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those we are kind of leveraging. Uh, the efforts of others who are getting paid for it, but that's what I like looking at it. How many hours do we really put into it? Ellen, Dave, you know, we uh-huh. analyzed the deal. We negotiated with the seller. Yeah. A couple hours here and there, you know, maybe 10 hours. Yeah. So you get 10 hours into creating $200,000. So for effect, $200,000, <laughs> uh, 10 hours. So what does that put you at? $20,000 an hour? Jeez. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, I'll take that. See, this is why, you know, being a real estate investor and and really a business person, an entrepreneur and thinking about things in terms of what is my time worth? What's my highest and best um, use as a person in terms of what I can generate and, and the value I can bring? So for you guys, you're bringing a ton of value to people when you when you buy the property from them, they want to get rid of it. You create an easy solution. You're creating a ton of value for your lenders because you're giving them a simple return that they can they can bank on, so to speak. And uh, and then, of course, value for your tenants and value for yourselves. So it's uh, several wins. And that's the thing. You can't do it if no. somebody is losing. We're not in it, right? Because, again, it's you have to, it has always, always has to be a win-win. So, yeah. And we're um, big on that. That's like our foundation. You know, yeah, that's how we do business. It has to be win-win if it's not a win-win. If you get a steal of a deal where you grind it out way too hard. And you feel like, oh, I suckered him. Well, that person had to lose, right? Yeah. We like the win-win. It's okay to ask for for the price that you want, but I mean, you know, you got to be, I I really do feel that you got to be like true to your heart when you're And you know what, and price is one part of it, but there's so many other things that goes into a deal, right? Is that the, do they want to close this year? Do they want to close next year for capital gains purposes, right? So there's so many different ways that we can create a win-win partnership with people um, by simply asking them questions. And at the end of the day, what do you really need? And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't. Like, because sometimes it doesn't, right? But, and like you were just saying, I love your example, Andrew. So how did this work out? So we got a cash flowing asset, zero down. The seller sold his building and I've been on for eight, 10 months. So the seller was able to sell their their asset. And he's happy. Like he saw us a couple. We saw him a couple of years. Hey, I love you guys. Giving us big hugs. Yeah. yeah, So it's a win-win. Win-win-win. Plus he's going to make money on his uh, holding the mortgage, right? He's going to make points. So he's still going to get a check every month. Uh, it's going to help him with his capital gains, right? That he didn't get all the money at once. He can spread uh, spread the love there. Uh, the lady with the RSPs, she's happy. She's making good points on her money. Um, and then the bank's going to be happy because we're going to bring it to them eventually. And they're going to have a secure partner that has a, you know, that did their math and have it as a strategy. So and the new tenants that come in at, uh, with the adjusted um, new rate, they're going to have a cleaner, nicer looking property well-maintained because we, we pride ourselves as that mm-hmm. as well so yeah we don't so we want to be good landlords yeah so yeah. It's, it's yeah like you said it's win-win for everyone that's what we love and we're making money at the same time you wouldn't be this far along if you if you didn't you know because if you if you just kind of look out for number one and you don't ever consider the others uh reputation spreads right like exactly you only do that so long yeah. right yeah. yeah you know some people are hard negotiators and you know that might work once but then when that person never wants to deal with you again you didn't that, win anything that's how we started at first we wanted the best deal possible made a lot of mistakes um, and and uh then quickly realized that maybe that's not the best strategy always right i used to do that with my trades people and i was very very hard on them like you know i i guess i say that for me like i'm not that's not really my personality i'm always <laughs> wanting to be fair to people um but i you know i would make a big stink about it they would raise the price on me i'm like no like that's not all right we didn't agree on that but uh what i what i've really started to do more is is be objective about it and and you know 
you always you always treat it like how would a reasonable person you know handle this and in any negotiation right you just you'd be fair to that other person knowing that it's not just about winning today it's about winning long term with that person 100 percent. and and i'll pay i'll pay certain trades more because they're better and they make my life easier exactly and when you call the answer right oh yeah so that yeah. that to me is more important than saving 20 bucks uh, you yeah. know here and there and that's the thing we talked about you know how how much how many hours did we spend on this deal? Not many because we're because we we use other people to help us with that. But it has to be a win win for them as well, right? And 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 you you have to be okay with letting go, which is not always easy. Not like easy, we no. we used to do everything ourselves, right? We I used to do all like the me. viewings. <laughs> I used to do the viewings. They would do the screening tenants over the phone and all that. And and then we realized, okay, wait a second. If we want to continue to grow, we have to. We're at full capacity, so we need to let go of some things to continue to do what we really love and, and help us grow. Um, so yeah, so we have a team, we have a VA from, from Mexico, we have two, two VAs now. from Mexico. Um, okay, so they live in Mexico and yeah, they, okay. Um, who, who can do a lot of things via distance. Um, they're so, awesome. And they're awesome. They're dedicated, they're hard workers. Um, so again, it's just setting up a, a good team to help you really grow and, and set up so you can Spend okay. the, the, your time doing what you yeah. want. Okay, so you you'd mentioned that you have a financial controller. Yes, this is the one thing that I had like a stranglehold on. Is <laughs> no one touches my money? <laughs> right. <laughs> because Fair enough. That's where that's where things can get ugly if 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 there's too much lack of control. I agree. Yeah. So how do you mitigate that risk? So basically, she can do. How do I say it? She can, not that she can do everything and anything. However, I'm still the one who sends the transfer. I'm still the one for now that accepts. Okay. So I still somewhat. So that's what uh, I do too. Yeah, yeah. It'll be, hey, Dave, make sure ensure to pay this. Okay. And I write the check. So that's kind of my checks and balances. You know, how come I'm making this check out to your name? <laughs> you know, it's. Oh, so she sets up the payment. You you just initiate it. Yes. Right. And so it's, we're still hanging on to that a little bit of Well, that's, that's the part that I, I've been hanging on to. So you got your bookkeeping's taken care of. She can see, you know, obviously keep things on track that way. Uh, and then you're just the one that, that sends out the money or, or yeah, cash, is it? The and then she can do all the calculations, right? We, she can calculate the cash flow analysis for each property yeah. and do invoices and, and all that. So Yeah, that, that, that tricky one, the financial controller, that takes a level of trust and some control mechanisms that are... Uh, pretty important in my opinion like i don't i don't want to let anyone log in i don't want to give anyone any passwords to log into anything <laughs> like that seinfeld episode eh, where george won't give his pin to, and there's an emergency oh yeah, yeah, yeah he, he won't just won't it. give his pin <laughs> i haven't seen that one but yeah that's that's roughly what I, how i feel and um, you know what it really is i think it gets to that point where it's okay do i take a leap of faith and then like anything else how do i reduce the risk of yeah. of something happening so yeah. you know really regenerate right research the checks, and yeah. controls right yeah. like um what you can do i know there's some software like i use something called um ach automatic deposit so it's like a wire transfer system so i pay all my payroll is through that yeah. um, and then i also collect through automatic withdrawal so there's not a lot of e-transfers and and things like that to be sent but my system that i use has a key fob that releases and it has a, a number that cycles every five seconds plus my password is needed in order to release money. So that's a good control. I could have somebody log in, else log in, set up the payment. I could just literally pop in and hit send if I agree with it, right? So right. there are ways to cut the time down. Exactly. Right. But I mean, yeah, one day, one day there will be a better system than even that and I'll figure it out. Yeah. Got to talk to some people who have done it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> rather than rather than me invent it, I'll go to a real estate meetup and ask somebody else how they did it. Uh, ask you guys when, when you figure that one out. Okay, so what are your daily activities? You you'd mentioned I, get, I had that listed down, but you're so you're seeing properties, evaluating properties, yeah, yeah, posting marketing, ads. posting marketing ads. Um, we we have mentoring, which is a very big piece of what we do as well. 
So we, um, we mentor people to, to get started, whether they have one property or three or just want to get started. Um, so, we do, so we do a lot of that and we speak at events like tomorrow we're going to an event um, speaking at uh, a real estate bed. So yeah, right here in Burlington. Right, right here. The, the so right club. Uh, yeah. yeah. And with the mentoring school is it's not just people, and I was surprised actually, I guess I was closed-minded to it. No, I shouldn't say closed-minded, but I, I, I never thought of it. It's not even just people that want to buy buildings. I, I've noticed a few people, it's also been, pe- you know, they have money, they want to be private lenders, but they want to understand, you know, the cycle of real estate. They want to understand, you know, what's what's DCR, what's debt cover ratio, what's NOI, what's, like, they want to get to know, like, if they were to buy the deal themselves. So they really... They're learning as if they were going to be that person. However, they're going to be the private lender. But now they have the full aspect. They of, just want to fully understand, I guess, yeah. maybe that control piece, Which right? They want cool. to know. That, yeah. That's totally awesome. You're, you're very well equipping yourself with being a sophisticated investor. So when they lend to you, part of your agreement is that they can ask you questions or, or you'll bring that's them along for the That's not even ride. necessarily people that are investing with us. It's just people taking the program, our mentoring program, yeah. to educate themselves. Yeah. Um, and then... Of course, some some yeah. relationships are being built through yeah. that as well. When did that start? When did the mentoring program start? It started off, um, and I don't know if you know this, Andrew, or not, but when we were actually in 2018, we're on. That's kind of the second piece that I mentioned. Our why earlier was, you know, number one was my kids was to for that financial freedom. Why we do real estate. Um, number two, we were on our way to a real estate investing conference in 2018, and we we were in a horrific uh, vehicle accident. We were, you know, going about it. We, we were, we were passengers, um, in backseat, but um, we got hit by a transport or a transport driver hit a car who hit us. We rolled across the highway five, six times, and um, you know, we almost died. We we barely made it alive. Everybody can't believe that we actually survived the accident. Thank goodness for a very large suburban, um, and that kind of changed our whole mindset about everything that. We aren't not doing enough. You know, yeah. we have these strategies. We were able to create financial freedom for freedom. ourselves, and we're yeah. keeping it for ourselves. Like, why not help yeah. other people? Um, so that's when it started. So then we started doing, you know, one-on-one mentoring, and and it or we wrote our book actually. Book so we wrote that. the yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, I'll hold. I'll put a, a picture of that up on the screen for sure. uh, for anybody awesome. who uh, who wants to take a look, and I'll put the details up. On okay, our awesome. And that one. Uh, um, what do I want to say? And this isn't boasting. It just it, it hit Amazon in the first week. Eh? Yeah, you can Amazon bestseller, Amazon bestseller. In this first week. Which again, we're not authors, In which right? category? Uh, um, it made three different categories. Investment, real estate, yeah. and dreams. So three different categories. Yeah. Well, good for you guys. Which yeah. again, we're not authors, right? Yeah. But we just decided, hey, we're not doing enough. Um, yeah. So just say, you know, anyone can do anything. Well, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. And then it's a, it's a great uh, business card as well. Well, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, Absolutely. and it's basically because when I first started out, I was very, very scared. I created barriers. Yeah. I was a person of scared of everything, just didn't know how to do it. So I, the way we wrote the book, well, for me anyway, was I wanted that book to be, you know, Dave from, from that, when you started Here's a book to stop making excuses and go out there and do it. You put a no BS guide to creating wealth and freedom. So that's good. No BS there. Well, exactly. And yeah. that's the thing. It's not everything you're absolutely ever going to need, but it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's a brief. We, originally it was like 300 pages. And then I said, I would, I wouldn't read a 300 page real estate book. I like to listen. Yeah. 
So we made it 88? Yeah, 88. So that someone could so. pick it up, read it, you know, just a quick, yeah. very easy, light read. Just enough um, to get you started, get you thinking, right. get you moving. Get you in a mindset. Um, and then, yeah, people started reaching out to us more and more saying, hey, I want mentorship. Can, can you help us? We want to use other people's money. We're not sure how. So we, we started doing that shortly after, and then we became so busy with that that we thought, okay, well, now we need to think of a, a different way to do it, because otherwise we... Reach we, more people. Right, to reach more people, to help more people. So now we're doing, um, we have different, yeah, group, we have online courses, there's group mentoring, um, so that there's different ways that we're able to help, which is actually, I thought at first I didn't want to do group mentoring, because I thought, well, I prefer the one-on-one, yeah. and it's fascinating how much more valuable the group setting is, because... You have a group of very vested investors, you know, who, who invested in themselves and their growth and the networking and, you know, the network that happens within yeah. that, right? The, your network is your network. each other. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, so I think that I kind of exercise those pieces with the podcast and the meetup too is, you know, hopefully connect people in the meetup. I'd like to get them more engaged on the Facebook group. But, uh, you know, we have that. The, the, the podcast is sort of the 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 group learning and then yeah when they come in they can they can obviously talk to each other and, and grow that way yeah that's, that's fantastic awesome. and you should they should absolutely go yeah ahead, well they get to hear there. hear your story right they don't have to have you in person they can hear your story and hear how you think and <laughs> yeah. hopefully that's that's that always made sense to me that's why i wanted to start this because you just absorb all the wealth of knowledge of the people who come in that's cool. and, that's and make it your own right you mentioned negotiating off-market deals and also vendor take-back mortgages which are super useful um, what do you, if, you know, how did you hone those skills? What did you find? Uh, what do you find works? What doesn't work? Can you give me like a recent experience of how that worked? Yeah. yeah um, and just generally for, for VTBs, I think the first time is always the first few probably are always the, the more difficult, right? So you have mm-hmm. to, you have to sell yourself to the person. Why should they trust you? Um, so you need to be informed. You need to know all the terms. You need to know the benefits for the seller. Why, why should they hold um, you know, a VTB on, on, on your purchase. Like Mel said is, you know, what's in it for them. Uh, and again, spreading the love with the taxes, the capital gains. That's a great selling point right there. Absolutely. But you need to know, know how to explain it. Cause a lot yeah. of them will say, well, what is that? I heard about it. And if yeah. you can't articulate it. Yeah. So you, you got to tell them, okay, you need to work with an accountant, but basically if you're not, if you're exactly not taking the money disclosure. out, <laughs> if you're not taking the money out, Here's how it's been explained to us, you know, seek, seek clarification from your accountant, but this could be really beneficial. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So they love that. Yeah. The capital gains. And they need to know your exit strategy as well. Right. Yeah, so if so you, you can't, again, if you can't explain that, yeah. they're going to go away thinking, well, I didn't, I don't feel confident investing with them. Right. Well, and that's one of those things that's going to become very easy when your face is on a billboard saying I buy houses. <laughs> <laughs> but that accountability <laughs> piece. Yeah. Right. Clearly, they figured it out, um, and and like Mel had said before too, it's it's listen, like listen to what they need. Uh, if they're worried about capital gains, like now that we're close to you know yeah. end of the year, that type of thing, or, or start of the year, um, people want to want to you know um, let it uh, not dip over. What's the word I'm looking for? They want to carry some of yeah, the, some go. of it, all right. They don't want to realize all the capital exactly. gain this year, so you can you can help them to spread it out because maybe they're you know if they're retired, for instance, they might have no income next year. Or maybe they, you know, they have the option to take it or not. So you could, you could allow them to spread their gain out and you could save them like a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, awesome. depending on the deal. And it's yeah. working with them. Like we have, um, we have someone who's going to be selling us his building, but we, you know, after speaking with them for capital gains, cause you know, he already sold one. We're like, okay, well, that's, it's easy. It's easy solution. Let's write a deal and let's close beginning of January, 2020. So that way your capital gains for, 
this year, you know, can go to next year. And, and it's just figuring out what they need, working with them and being flexible. So do you, you start on the phone or you're in person or a little combination of both? A little bit of both. I like to yeah. see the numbers initially. Uh, I don't want to waste anyone's time. Before right? you go yeah. out, you want to know that there's a chance the numbers could work? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we never, That's how I work ever, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't waste your time. No. <laughs> get, a, get an idea of their ballpark and if they're way out to lunch, then you say, do you kind of coach them down or do you just, you let it die? If the numbers are way off, then I just let it die. Yeah. And we'll be, we'll, we'll explain why we're not interested and sometimes we won't hear from them again. And sometimes they'll, they'll come around. They'll come around, yeah. Well, and sometimes they come around a year later. So they'll go, they'll post it on, yeah. you know, MLS. It won't sell, and then they'll come back, and they'll be like, "Okay, yeah, here's right. my new, here's my new price. You're interested." So, so your brand is well established up there. People know who you are. Yes, they know they call you back. They're not going to forget. They just look through your billboard. Okay, there's the number. Yeah, they can't miss <laughs> yeah. us. We're all over. We have big flyers too. We, you know what? We've tried flyers and flyers did not work. That's the only thing well, that not we found. Well, not for multi-res, yeah. probably. But, uh, you know, yeah. social media is free, guys. So yeah. if you're not on social media, make sure you are. That's free. I mean, we went obviously very, very aggressive. Uh, decal your vehicles. Just be everywhere. That omnipresence. Omnipresence, yeah. That's a, that's a great message. And I think people need to take that to heart. If you're not finding deals, you're probably not doing enough to create a yeah. brand for yourself. Oh, and don't let them forget you. And, you know, go to meetups. And when we go to meetups or landlord association meetings stand out right do you have a we always go there with our golf shirts where it says the name of our company and oh there you go dave has <laughs> his on that i company. don't but <laughs> awesome. but right be branded so yeah. people continuously know your okay. who you are yeah okay i I've, i don't know how i haven't asked you this yet but what did you do for work before you both became self-employed working in in as real estate investors full-time so i worked at um our local college so it was, um, I had a couple of different roles. I did marketing, actually. I was, I was a recruiter to start. Um, and then I, uh, program development is what I was um, okay. doing, yeah. And when did you transition? Honestly, it was that accident, that accident moment. I had a bad concussion for about a couple months at least. And I was thinking about going back to work. And I would you know, physically feel ill about going back. You know, just that gut feeling. I couldn't even, what I kept thinking is I can't even drive there thinking that I'm putting potentially putting my life at risk again. I'm okay to drive my kids somewhere, you know, because it's for them. Or I'm okay to go see a rental because we love doing that or go on a trip. But I, I didn't want to spend any of more minutes doing something I didn't love. So that's when I decided to leave. And, and again, thank goodness for real estate. Thank goodness we had purchased already because yeah. that when that moment happened where, you know, it was no longer for me, I was able to I had the flex. I had the freedom to leave. I love that the freedom that real estate can create for people, and and especially where you guys are, you you're in a great market that, to do that, right? Because you can create that cash flow that you need to replace the income. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so if people wanted to reach out to you, I know it's we're, we're flown through an hour here. So um, <laughs> if if people wanted to reach out to you and connect with you and learn more about what you do, how would you like them to do that? Well, we're everywhere. So reach out. We have, we're big on Instagram. So at, yeah, our username is investor Mel Dave. Yeah. Same with Facebook, YouTube, um, tick, what is it? TikTok, the new one I just got okay. <laughs> recently. My daughter's like, Mel, you have to, mom, you have to be on there. So, um, so investor Mel and Dave is, is how people can find us from LinkedIn as well, Twitter. Okay, so you're everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And and you're utilizing your team to help you with these things, I'm sure. Absolutely. I need more of those people. You need you need some <laughs> you virtual do. assistants. Yeah. yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. 
yeah well maybe you guys can uh can make make some recommendations to me um we, we don't need to, to go through that on here <laughs> but uh yeah these, this is why i love making these connections because we can uh, hopefully help each other yeah and, absolutely uh, and uh, kind of go from there um okay so a little bit about about you guys and, and what you like to do outside of all this so do you have uh, a hobby that you like to do when you're not focused on real estate and property management I, I teach fitness classes. I like doing that. We just, uh, a lot of time with the kids, really. Yeah. Just, we're, we're kind of homebodies. Yeah, we're, and we have a pool in the summer, so we, we literally live in the pool uh, with the two dogs. And just, we, we like to go on holidays a lot, Blue Jays games and things like that, okay. and get away in the winter. So uh, the kids, yeah, the kids sports, and but uh, they're kind of homebodies, too. Yeah. They play like spending, or... I, I'm trying to push our four-year-old little guy into hockey, and yeah. Dad, I don't want to do it. Okay, well. Yeah. Not gonna play. Not gonna force you. <laughs> the girls are in gymnastics and swim, theater yeah. and that swim and that kind of stuff. But so busy awesome. just with you know everyday life yeah. at home, but family life and and yeah, swimming in backyard is kind of where we spend our summers. Just you must have a, a heated pool up there to extend yeah. your Absolutely. season a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so we extend it. Yeah, we yeah. start really early and we, we close it. We close late. Yeah. Just before there's snow. I, I've got a, a hot tub, so I actually kind of look forward to the cold weather. Sometimes it's that much nice. more uh, more enjoyable yeah, um, awesome. when you got it. Um, do you have like a dream place that you guys want to travel or a place that you've already been that was kind of on your bucket list? I want to go to California. Um, I really enjoy them. Go to Florida every winter, but, uh, California and, um, Paradise Island, uh, is it Bahamas or Barbados? I always mix up the two. I think Bahamas. Okay. The, I am not familiar with that. Yeah. Forget the, the big resort there. Anyway, that's on my bucket list. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm more easy going. As long as there's sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere yeah. warm. Where so I you can... guys go to Florida, that kind of thing? Yeah, we yeah. go every year with the kids. So yeah. it's kind of. We bought buildings I, from Florida, actually. It's funny, that's where we get really rejuvenated and, and yeah. we'll go there and, you know, we'll be by the pool. And, um, but that's when we're able to really yeah. relax and brainstorm and have some awesome ideas. And every time we go on a trip, it's, you almost get a return on investment yeah. way of speaking because we, we, when we come back, our business goes from here to here every single time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's great to hear. Um, okay, so in one one more question, just because I think it is important. You guys are in such a such a good cash flow market. What would you recommend to somebody who might not be in that type of market as to what you think their best strategy is to create wealth, if they, or if they want to free themselves and, and not be in their their day honestly, and, job? And, and I'm sure you'll have something to say, but I'll go first. <laughs> um, I'd probably say sorry, get get comfortable with the idea of of going in different markets. And I mean, Dave and I are doing that as well, right? So we love North Bay, we're investing in North Bay, absolutely, but we're also looking across Canada and the United States. Um, So get to know different markets, um, get to know where you may want to invest and um, find out strategies on how to do that. There's lots of, there's lots of podcasts and yeah. and uh books on there that you know at the end of the day if you can still pay somebody else to manage your property yeah. and you do your research make sure you get the right company and you're still cash flowing and you're really not doing anything because you're not the one doing the property management and repairs it's truly passive yeah exactly you can make it a heck of a lot more passive yeah it's going to cost you a bit but it buys back your time exactly yeah. Yeah. And absolutely i'm surprised like when we in our group um so we have a different group for our entries and I thought there would be a lot of, you know, people saying, no, I don't, you know, I have to be hands on. I want to see everything. But I find more and more people are okay with the idea of 90% are okay with going outside of their market. And I think it's because it's not like the old days, right? Like everything, you can see everything. You can, you can ask somebody to take a video and send it to you, right? So you can be live from a distance. So it's true. There is a way to make it work. Like I I do manage properties from uh, an hour and a half away. It is, it is doable. 
Although, I mean, I've had anxiety about that a, a few times, but uh, there are systems you can create to make right. it work. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time and, and driving down here. I know you had other business down here too, but I know you, you were rushing to get here. So I hope, <laughs> hope you didn't take any risks on the road. Absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not anymore. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, well, thanks again for, for coming on and, and uh, I'll definitely look forward to uh, hearing an update as, as you guys inch towards a uh, thousand units yes awesome, well, awesome. we have well, to do it in the next four years that's yeah. we set it up. four years all right okay we're on, we're on track so. all right well then keep me posted everybody make sure you're you're following them on instagram facebook so that you can uh, you can see the progress okay awesome, awesome. thanks Thank Andrew. You for having us Thanks for listening and watching today's episode. Quick reminder, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you smash the like and subscribe buttons and the notification bell and feel free to post a comment below. And while you're at it, why not share this episode with somebody you think it could help? I'd really appreciate it and it's gonna help grow our community around this podcast. Thanks again for watching. We'll see you on the next one.